Tiago would normally have taken his cut of the picked pockets and stopped right here at the seaside plaza. On the very edge, past the vendors on the cobblestone seawalk, Tiago would sit with his legs over the rocky seawall and look out over the harbor. Today, he only detoured through the plaza to throw the crowd in between him and the woman chasing him. He'd gotten a brief glimpse of her before the running started. Tall, dark eyes, dark skin, dark leather jacket and microfiber pants, careful dreadlocks pulled back into a ponytail. She was fast in the crowd. She wasn't dodging around legs, using the ebb and flow of the masses to see open roots like Tiago. No, people who got in her way were just thrown out of the way. Too strong. She was some sort of soldier, Tiago thought, refocusing ahead. He might have gotten himself into a bit of a situation. Slipping onto the seawall path, he sprinted harder, deciding that she was covering the gap in the crowd. To his right, the harbor was filled with ships and their cargo, anchored and waiting for a spot to clear on the docks. One of them was throwing out a parasail, the windfoil bucking in the inconsistent harbor wind, but then filling out, rising up into the air hundreds of feet overhead, and then some. The ship began to pick its way out of the harbor, headed between the tall forest of wind turbines at the harbor's edge. A dangerous move to unleash a windfoil in the harbor. But suddenly, Tiago noticed other ships unfurling sails in haste. A cloud of brightly colored parafoils leapt into the harbor sky like butterflies swarming from a shaken limb. This was worrying enough that Tiago slowed somewhat and looked to his left. The warehouses, three and four stories tall, dominated the first row of buildings. But behind them, climbing tenaciously up the side of the mountain, homes and houses colorfully dotted the slopes. A large, dark mass of gray haze topped the rocky crest and slowly fell down toward the harbor like a heavy cloud. Oh, shit, Tiago stopped. People in the plaza were turning too, and murmuring started to spread. They stood up from picnics or meals, and the edges of the crowd were already leaving. The woman smacked into Tiago and grabbed his upper arm. Take your damn money, Tiago shouted. I don't want it. I'm sorry. Just let me go. She looked puzzled as he shoved the paper money into the pockets of her jacket. He may even have given her more than he'd stolen. He wasn't sure. What's... Tiago pointed up the mountain. It's going to rain. She looked over the buildings and let him go. I forgot. Forgot? There were two things on the island to remember. Stay out of the rain and avoid the Doak's attention by staying inside at night. He bolted. The last thing he saw was the armada of harbor ships, parafoils all full overhead, pulling their hulls up onto their hydrofoil skids as they all scattered to get well clear of the island. Then the sirens began to wail all throughout Placa del Fuego, alerting its citizens to the descending danger. From the open sweep of the docks and seawall of the harbor, Tiago headed into the heart of harbor town. 
he could breathe easier, seeing overhangs above him, and walls he could put his back to. People hurried about with carbon fiber or steel umbrellas. Some had already gotten into their hazmat gear. The klaxons wailed in the background, constantly blaring out their call for all to find shelter. Shops slammed thick windows shut and bolted them, while people yanked tables and chairs and billboards inside. Customers packed in, shoulder to shoulder. No self-respecting shop would let Tiago inside. He was an urchin. His clothes were ripped and melted, his face dirty, and he ran on bare feet. They'd toss him out on his ass faster than he could get inside.